Hey, hey, thanks for joining me on the Meg Ellison Show. I sincerely appreciate it. As always, you can go out to WSAU.com. And, of course, this morning's conversation with RPW Chair Brian Schimming just happened to include some breaking news about a potential ethics violation that perhaps the Wausau mayor is entangled in. So I encourage you to go out to WSAU.com and listen to all the conversations and share, share, share with others. Joining me this morning, of course, you hear his theme music in the background. United States Senator Ron Johnson held a panel discussion about the COVID cartel cover-up on Monday of this week, and he is joining me to discuss it. Good morning, Senator Johnson. How are you? I'm doing great. My toes are tapping the music of a great song, but uh, I'm I'm doing well. Hope you are too. Yes, thank you. And uh, wanted to make sure to tell you as he was departing the studio, uh, Chairman Brian Schimming says hello. Well, likewise. (laughs) All right. Well, he's maybe tuning in in his vehicle as he's speeding off back to Madison. But so let's talk about the COVID cartel hearing. Oh, no, it wasn't a hearing. It was a roundtable discussion. I know that there were a number of, uh, well, advocates, whistleblowers, medical experts, doctors that were present. Uh, If you can kind of give a synopsis of what, I mean, obviously we know what the topic was, but what was specifically discussed. Sure. Well, you know, fortunately for me, I was able to tap into a global network of uh, eminently qualified doctors, medical researchers, scientists, you know, in 2020, during the opening year of the pandemic. And these individuals just had a completely different perspective on, you know, the pandemic, the coronavirus, uh, and our response to it. And I've been ever since giving these individuals a forum uh, early on as chairman of the committee hearings on early treatment. Um, Pierre Corey, in in May of 2021, 2020, talked about the use of corticosteroids. He was vilified for it until a U.K. study showed up. um, actually corticosteroids work pretty well. So our response to COVID has never made sense to me. The fact that we didn't do an operation warp speed on exploring cheap, generic drugs, molecules to be effective therapy, that we completely ignored therapy because there was this drive to produce a vaccine. And then when the vaccine got emergency use authorization began being administered, uh, the, the, the very same safety surveillance systems that the FD and CDC were, were bragging about, were touting in October of 2020, they started denigrating because they didn't like what they were seeing. And I remember in April of 2021, I, I approached Francis Collins, the head of NIH, asking about the, what I thought was pretty alarming uh, numbers on theirs in terms of deaths associated with the COVID vaccine. And his reply to me was, you know, Senator, you know, people die. So, I had an opportunity. Uh, Robert Malone is one of those experts, uh, has patents on, helped develop the mRNA, knows what he's talking about. Uh, he, he's been in, involved in a group called the International Crisis Summit, and they've held things globally and uh, meetings in, in Italy and Romania. This is their fifth summit. They held in conjunction with CPAC. So I had a number of these international experts come in. I took advantage of it. And we held uh, a public event, is what I call them, because I'm not a committee chairman. It's not an official Senate hearing. But we held it in the, the Kennedy Room. And it was called Federal Health Agencies and the COVID Cartel, What Are They Hiding? 
and uh, is Brett Weinstein, who's who's not ideologically a conservative. He, he's he's a, somebody from the left, but somebody whose eyes have been opened. His his response to that is, uh, you know, Senator, what, what are they hiding? Uh, they're hiding everything, and that's probably not too far from the truth. But I mean, there, there's a long list. Uh, I think it's interesting the the videos, just clips of some of the participants. Uh, have a number of them have well over a million views. Uh, we're putting together a, a edited highlight reel uh, of of the lies of the cover up, uh, and that'll probably be available later today or tomorrow. But uh, this, you know, fortunately, we have all the media. We, we have uh, X now. We have you know Twitter, former formerly Twitter, uh, that's a more free platform. We have Rumble which is a, a video platform that I can post these things and they're not going to be taken down by YouTube. So, you know, we, we do have access. But people need to access these alternate uh, uh, information sources. So I got to ask you, um, is anybody waking up that, I mean, obviously this panel that you assembled, uh, this roundtable discussion, obviously these are all people that were either early to speak out about this or maybe came along after a, a little bit of time, but do you believe that even your colleagues on the opposite side of the aisle are going to wake up or are they are they in denial or do they not want to acknowledge anything for fear that there will be some accountability at some time? I think it's a combination of just, you know, a basic state of denial, the general human tendency to never want to admit you are wrong. And I've talked about this, how you know, members of Congress did videos suggesting the vaccine. You know, obviously, doctors pushed it and they were paid to push the vaccine. Now, certainly, our federal health officials that, that granted the emergency use authorization that have ignored the search of safety surveillance systems, I mean, they, they don't want to admit that they've done anything wrong. Uh, so you've got that overall state of denial. But I think in addition, I think you've got people who are well aware and are just covering up for themselves and for the rest of the COVID cartel. And I think that's a, a big problem, quite honestly. Uh, you know, I'll never forget talking to Michael Eaton, who was the 30-year uh, head of research for Pfizer. He worked for them for 30 years. Uh, he's got his own specialty in toxicology, toxicology. And he'd say, Ron, you know, I know what these guys know. I know they're lying to us. I know they know they're lying to us. So this is back in 2020. He was beside himself when he heard what his colleagues were producing in terms of a uh, injectable, we'll call it, because it's not a vaccine. This is this is gene therapy. This is this isn't uh, a normal vaccine, which is either a attenuated virus or a, a killed virus, or that you introduce. It, it can't make you sick. It just uh, produces an antibody response. Um, this is something that enters the cell and has your cell express something that is toxic to the body. And at one point, I, I, I wanted to make it, and I didn't make it. But you know, remember how they denied natural immunity? That it, you know, the, the vaccine is going to be way more effective. I mean, just quick ask yourself, what do you think a vaccine relies on? I mean, a, a vaccine doesn't produce, that's not the thing that gives you immunity. A vaccine triggers your natural immunity to respond and create antibodies, okay? Why, why would anybody think that a vaccine that is imperfect, it's not the full virus, it's not the full bacteria? Why would anything, anybody ever think that a vaccine, which is an imperfect, it's, it's not the full virus, that it would provide a better body response than what your body would respond to to the full virus? Why would anybody think that? 
And why and why would they downplay the body's unbelievable natural immunity, its ability to to protect itself to, or to overcome and, and and fight back illnesses? Why would anybody downplay the effectiveness of natural immunity when that's exactly what the vaccine is relying on? Is natural immunity to respond to the vaccine or the gene therapy? I mean, it just it just shows you how how awful. People like Fauci were to deny natural immunity because they wanted a vaccine in everybody's arm. Yeah, well, you know, I'm living proof that natural immunity worked. I, although, I mean, I never tested for it, but I exhibited some uh, slight symptoms of COVID, as did my husband, and we're still alive to talk about it. So that's that's an example of natural immunity working, allowing your body to recover from a virus is, I don't know, it, 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 it's since the beginning of time. That's what we've well, been able to do. Remember during the, the pandemic, I mean, the, the first year, they, they were talking about asymptomatic spread. Yeah. So what does that mean? So you've been infected with the virus and your body was already able to fight it. That's, that would be called natural immunity. So you got infected. But you never got sick because your body was so effective with its natural immunity. And so as they're talking about asymptomatic spread and asymptomatic, I guess, called illness, at the same time they're saying, well, natural immunity, that's not going to be as good as our vaccine. I mean, again, it's just an outright lie. It was an obvious lie. I knew it was an obvious lie, which is why I started speaking out pretty early about the insanity of this approach. Well, I used to call asymptomatic spread healthy. You're spreading your good health to others because if you don't have any symptoms, often that means you're not sick. <laughs> I mean, that that's at least been uh, my philosophy over the years. And, and, you know, I think that's why we rely upon, upon our God-given immune systems. So some of what was discussed, and I, I mean, I see the significant list of Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. Harvey Risch, I think that's how you pronounce it. I think Pierre mm-hmm. Corey was in um, I'm just looking to see. I don't see um, McCullough on here. Doctor, I, uh, Doctor Paul Merrick isn't wasn't part of this as well. But it looks like only one other call elected representative, your colleague in the House, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, was present at the event as well. Well, no, she she was not able to come, so okay. it was just me. Oh, all right. You know, it was a, it was a Monday morning. Um, no, I, I have not been able to get a whole lot of support, uh, certainly not in the Senate. In, in the House, Marjorie Taylor Greene is holding rogue uh, hearings. Uh, she's part of the subcommittee on the, the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, but, you know, they, they, and I point this out, that that subcommittee held a hearing with Peter Marks. And he could have, I, I wish I would have been on that committee. I would have peppered him with questions, but... That's not what they did. It was not a fact-finding hearing. It was basically a, a hearing designed, I think, to rehabilitate uh, those agencies that have lost the trust of so many Americans. Because you got a, got a bunch of doctors on the panel, and they're part of the medical establishment, and they're 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 pumping out the, the mantras of you know vaccine injuries. They're they're rare and mild. Uh, you know that you've got to be a wacko to uh, uh, question the, the effectiveness and safety of, of uh, any vaccine. Uh, Again, to me, that is so unscientific. Science starts with skepticism. And, you know, true science is always pushing the envelope. They're always pushing what is supposedly known to make sure it's actually true. It's, that's the, the heart of science, the skepticism, but 
skepticism wasn't allowed. A different perspective wasn't allowed. And that's what I've just been able to provide a platform to people. I call them the dissidents. But these people telling the truth. The, the misinformation, disinformation was spread by our federal health agencies that uh, uh, purposefully misused government, unconstitutionally misused government to, to censor those uh, alternate voices, that, those second opinions. Well, and I, I mean, I just keep thinking, and, and I know you've said this many times, too, follow the money. I mean, this was really all that this was about. And it's, I don't know, disingenuous or just maybe predictable that Democrats uh, vilify every other big corporation out there. But when it comes to Big Pharma, which is also a big corporation making huge profits off of this poison shot, they align with them. And I have to ask, why do they align with them? Is it, it was, did someone, uh, d- did someone in the federal government, did elected, uh, elected officials benefit in some way from the number of people that took the shot? Who knows? Well, again, it, you, you've got our federal health agencies completely captured by big pharma. So it's basically one and the same. Uh, there's a revolving door between executives and uh, the administrators of these agencies. So, you combine that with the capture of, by big pharma of our media, big tech, social media giants. And that's, that's the COVID cartel throwing the, the Biden administration. So they're one and the same. And you know, let's face it, Democrats like big government. And what better way to expand big government than you know really have this capture, this unholy alliance between the businesses that government's supposed to regulate and the regulators? Uh, particularly in an issue where now you can control people's lives. You've got more and more power. And that's... You know, the bottom line of the pandemic is it was just one other way to create a sense of fear, to push mandates, to take away people's freedom, to give greater control to government officials. And, you know, you, you had all the petty little dictators, uh, you know, people, the, the Prime Minister Trudeau, some of these governors, they, they, they love the emergency powers. They, they you know, they, they seized them. They used them. Uh, they must have enjoyed it. As Lord Acton said, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. And I think we saw that uh, repeatedly during the pandemic. Well, and, you know, again, I'll ask it. And, and I mean, we can speculate all we like, and I don't like to, I, I'm generally not a conspiracy theorist, but sometimes I don't even know if we call it a conspiracy theorist anymore. But my concern is that that there was an important lesson that our federal government or those actors, those bad actors in our federal government learned about the American people and how easy it was to manipulate them into behaviors. And and they realized that. And I guess I'm wondering, many people are wondering, is something like this going to happen again, say, during an election year? Well, first of all, I would say they've always known you know, I mean, our CIA has used these techniques uh, in other nations for decades uh, to, to topple governments. Um, they just turned these techniques inward. The Biden administration did. But, you know, let's face it, I, I think political movements, I think political parties have, have propagandized a rhetoric demagoguery uh, to the American public uh, repeatedly. I know what politics is about to a certain extent, but I don't think we've ever used government. Uh, in government agencies, the power of the executive branch, the extent that we have to to censor uh, people, Americans, as we did during the pandemic, and it, it is it's, it's highly concerning. Americans need to to understand that. I, I think one of the points I made is 
certainly the panelists, I think we had 23 of them, uh, what we all had in common, and, and quite honestly, most, most of these people I've been connected with are not Republicans. They, they at least started out as Democrats. Um, but their eyes have been opened up. They understand now. And uh, once your eyes are open, it's kind of hard to close them. So our, our task is to uncover, expose the truth, open up as many eyes as possible. And that's got to be our ace in the hole, because once people understand the truth, and it's hard to discern the truth nowadays, there's a lot of misinformation all around from all sides. So it's getting more and more difficult. That's why you have to seek out the alternate uh, sites of information and use your common sense. Well, and you make a good point, too, because not all conservative, perceived conservative news sources are are uh, legitimate or accurate either. So I guess, as you said, use your discernment. And I mean, I've uh, I've tried I've tried to be to pay attention to the news sources that I use to ensure that they are verifying information or they are providing proof before they make these uh, well accusations or, or charges. And I've seen it. I've seen it on the right. So we have to be very, as you said, discerning. Hey, before we run out of time, wanted to ask your reaction to Senator Mitch McConnell stepping down from leadership yesterday? Well, I was surprised. Uh, I have said publicly, I appreciate the fact that he announced now to give us time to go through a process of, first of all, being a little more introspective in the, the Senate, uh, the Republican conferences. You know, what are we about? You know, I, I think, you know, Mitch had consolidated all, all the power and he just didn't tell anybody what he was going to do. He just, you know, so, you know, close to, he kept everything so close to his chest that, again, totally foreign to me. I, I come from the private sector where you have vision statements, you have mission statements, you establish goals. Everybody understands their role in achieving those goals. And that's not what Congress is like. That's one of the reasons it's so dysfunctional here. So I'm trying to drive a process where our conference develops a mission statement. Uh, we establish some goals. And in that process, I'm hoping uh, leaders emerge that will completely embrace, you know, first of all, help us develop those mission statements, those goals, embrace them, and then lead in a far more collaborative process. There, there, there are a lot of smart people here, and we need to tap into their talents uh, way more effectively than we've done in the past. So uh, now we have the time to c- carry out that process. There's, there's no there's no rush here. Uh, we're in the minority. The minority leader is really not that particularly important unless he just kind of screws things up. So, uh <laughs> We're, we're going we're gonna to try and make sure that doesn't happen. And, and again, I, I want to go through that process and then show, show the American people this is what the Republican Conference in the Senate, this is what, what we're here for. This is what we're going to try and accomplish. And I think it will be helpful to us in November. Any names you want to throw out for a new leader? There, there are a bunch. I'm, I'm, I'm telling people I don't, I don't want a beauty contest right now. I don't want this personality <laughs> contest. I want to go through this process and see which, which leaders and then eventually which leader emerges. Well, and, and I mean, you make a great point that he's given you time to prepare for this. And, and I mean, it would be fantastic if the Republicans took over uh, the majority. And, and then it would be even more meaningful to choose a leader that would best represent the Republican Party and their constituents. So in our remaining time, which we just have a couple more minutes, wanted to give you an opportunity to, I, I guess, summarize, Going, jumping back to the COVID cartel, uh, anything that, you know, I guess, any advice that you can offer our listeners with regard to, I mean, we talked about be 
view anything now with a discerning, I don't know, sometimes I say cynical eye and ear, but is there anything else that our listeners should be aware of going forward? I mean, we have this distrust for all of these entities now, especially our federal government, but even the healthcare system, our, our medical providers. Well, it came to mind, but I didn't, didn't make the point when we were talking early, but, you know, understand, like, nobody's perfect. Um, but, we, we, you know, there are many that try and get it right every time, but because it can be difficult to discern, people get things wrong on occasion. You know, you'll get things wrong. I'll get things wrong. I, I don't want people just because one individual gets something wrong once uh, in, in the midst of being getting things right hundreds of times. Uh, don't 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 throw people under the bus. Uh, you, you talked about Republicans maybe in the majority. I mean, it's it, it'll probably be quite unsatisfying because we we won't have a filibuster proof majority. So you still have to work with Democrats, and you know Democrats are hard to work with. I mean, we found that out uh, trying to figure out how how to secure the border. They, they weren't looking for a bill to secure the border. They were looking for a political cover, and you know the the flaw was not recognizing that and entering into secret negotiations as opposed to making very public what we were trying to do. So, again, this is a frustrating process. I know from the outside looking in, it's it's, it's got to be maddening to watch how ineffective we are. But the fact of the matter is, is, you know, fiscal conservatives are, are vastly outnumbered here in Washington, D.C. Uh, there aren't many of us. A uh, lot of members don't have a problem plundering and mortgaging our children's future to help themselves get reelected. So, uh, until the public demands fiscal responsibility, it's going to be hard to achieve it. Uh, but we're trying. There, there are some. There are a lot of good people here trying hard, and I guess I'm, I'm asking people to cut us some slack. Okay. Well, um, noted. So, uh, jumping back to the COVID topic one last time, I did receive an email from a listener uh, just yesterday, actually, uh, that he is working to bring his fiance, who's evidently not an American citizen, to the United States through the legal immigration process. And it's taken, as he's indicated, nearly four years. Uh, he was not made. He was not able to make required visits uh, for the immigration process during the COVID travel restriction. Uh, however, they they have now been lifted. But there's one hurdle that he notes that's standing in the way, and the CDC the CDC still requires that legal immigrants are required to get the COVID shot. Were you aware uh, of this? That's- Sick, isn't it? Yeah, isn't isn't that it? Sick? yeah. No, it's just sick. It's just sick. I mean, I I wish I wish I could change that, but I'm not in position to, other than h- highlight it for the absurdity of it. We, we've let six, seven million people in here. Uh, no medical evaluation whatsoever. No no background check in terms of their criminal history. Uh, we facilitated you know drug, sex, human trafficking, but the legal system. Uh, you can't even bring in your fiance. It's pretty sick, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and beyond, you know, the very survivable virus known as COVID, um, there there have been now instances where uh, there are other diseases being brought being brought into this country because the country of origin of these illegals, perhaps they weren't required to be immunized. So some of what some of what we've eradicated here in the United States may come back as a result of these. I don't even want to say immigration policies here in, in the United States because that's not what it is. There's no policy. It's lawlessness is what it is. Right, right. Well, Senator Johnson, thank you so much for joining me. 
I appreciate you uh, taking the time, and uh, I'll uh, keep in touch. Okay, stay well. Take care. Thank you. You too. All right, rolling, as I say, to the 1030 News. And your call's on the other side. 715-845-2155 on the Meg Ellison Show.